Welcome back to Watch. We have another episode recapping Crescent City, House of Earth and Blood. I'm really excited to be walking us through chapters six to eight. This is Dina. I'm joined by my co-hosts, Rachel and Will. Hello. <laughs> Both of whom have read the full book. And as a reminder, I haven't. Right. This episode, we will be covering the fallout from the trauma that both Bryce and I went through last episode. Who, uh, spoiler, refuses to see a therapist. <laughs> yeah. And that's a, it's so funny because we've talked about how all these people need therapists and like they actually have them in this world. But right. Our girl right. Bryce is. But not like then where a would like what would the book be about then? Right. You know, exactly. We open chapter six with basically another CSI Miami law and order scene. Mm -hmm. Bryce is being held in some kind of interrogation room. We get the sense that this is somebody of the million cops came to where she was with the angel that was dying and they brought her back to one of the, I am assuming, 100,000 police stations in Crescent City. And she's in one of those rooms where there's like a two-way mirror. And so she's just like sitting in this interrogation room. There are two people on the other side who we meet. So we meet Isaiah and he's kind of like watching Bryce in the interrogation room. And he is an angel. Isaiah, good angel name. Kind of classic. Archetypal, if you will. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so he's the commander of the 33rd, which I think we've discussed is like the angel cops. He's also part of the Triari, which I was like, is that just another word for the 33rd? Or is that just like one of those things where everything has multiple names and it's kind of the same thing, but kind of not? I think it's like the the set of advisors, warriors. Okay, like like Micah's personal. Right. But there are like five of them, which confused me because doesn't try mean like three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very confusing. I was on constantly that level. confused by that. Well, yeah. Triari again is a reference to the Romans in war. They were like the third in line in the war. Anyway, sorry. I was wow. doing too much Wikipediaing. Okay. But so basically, they're like the cadre, right? Like the throne of glass. Yeah. Cadre like his little inner them. circle. Yeah. But- the inner circle. So Isaiah is a part of that very powerful angel. And then we meet Hunt, who comes into the room as well. Hunt. Hunter, he's a personal assassin, a little on the nose, uh, yeah, I guess. I didn't think about that. <laughs> he has a nickname. <laughs> he's the Umbra Mortis. It's yes. Just like... His moniker. Yeah. <laughs> right. Shadow of Death. Cool. Honestly, pretty cool nickname. Mm-hmm. He has a very scary skull helmet, and his power is lightning, which is very exciting because apparently angels, a lot of their powers are about storms, and so there's rain and wind and I don't know, whatever else is in a storm, but it's very rare for anybody to have the power of lightning. Like, nobody remembers last time somebody had that, and so he's very scary, very powerful. Mm-hmm. We learn a couple of important things. Well, I don't know. I think they're important things about <laughs> Isaiah and TBD. You're so doing they, great, sweetie. They fought as soldiers in Pangera together, and they both have these tattoos across their head of entwined thorns that basically marks them as former rebels, because apparently there was a rebellion 200 years ago, and Isaiah and Hunt were both a part of it, and they were a part of the rebel groups. And so then now they are essentially slaves to the Republic. Literally, they are slaves, yeah. The 
thorn tattoo is supposed to be a mockery of the way that humans think about halos. Oh. And they also have, this is where the SPQM, I think maybe first came up, they have it tattooed on their wrist, which basically marks them as property of the republic so like the spqm is the slave tattoo yeah and the like thorn that has some effect on their powers right yeah i think they mentioned here that it suppresses it suppresses oh. some of hunt's power it's i think it's a way yeah. to control them yeah oh. hunt only has like one tenth of his right power. original power and he still gotcha. has a lot. Because in the other, right, because obviously they lost the other rebellion. And this was mm-hmm. like the punishment. That makes sense. Because part of me was like wild that they're still alive. That right. makes sense. Okay. So that's their history. Then we get a little bit more about what's going on here. Apparently it was Isaiah and Hunt who found Bryce the night before when she was trying to save the angel Apparently, she was screaming like a wild animal, and she was extremely injured. We learned that Hunt told her to calm the fuck down, and then saw that there was, like, a huge gash in her thigh and stapled it back together. Ooh. Yeah. A meat cute, if I've ever Mm. seen one. (laughs) They are discussing Bryce and Danica's files, and apparently Bryce has this, like, very small file. She's, like, not done anything wrong, so they're like, okay, she's a witness. She probably didn't have anything to do with this. And the only crime in Bryce's file is public indecency for when she was, I think, drunk fucking someone in an alleyway or something. It's like she got Mm -hmm. caught being frisky up against a wall. Good for her. And I think it's really important to mention that Hunt kind of smiles at this and tries to hide the smile. And I'm like, "Mm, I see you. Yeah, we saw that. Okay, we saw that. Not Isaiah. He seems more straight edge. And also extremely not straight. Right, right. Right. Correct. <laughs> he's straight he's edge, but gay. Straight. Yeah. He's, he's honestly, he's giving such, we get a little insight into his mind. He's like, he'd always assumed he was the top of the inner circle, the unspoken finest soldier of the Triarii, despite his fancy suit and tie. And it's such, you guys know, like, best little boy syndrome. This is mm. it. This is 100% yeah. best little boy syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. I liked him immediately. I'm like, oh, he's ironing his suits every day, but also is really powerful. He seems fun. So they're trying to figure out what happened, what to do with Bryce, when all of a sudden Sabine storms into the secret cop room, quote, with immortal rage in her blue eyes. And she, you know, she gets some benefit of the doubt here because she just lost her only child in a brutal, brutal murder. But for some reason, she's furious with Bryce. Mm-hmm. So if, mm-hmm. to me, I'm like, this feels like a little bit of a weirdly misplaced anger. And we know that Sabine never really liked Bryce. Or Danica, for that matter. Or Danica, correct. But she keeps calling Bryce everything from a half-breed whore to a slut to a stupid little bitch to half-breed trash. Mm-hmm. She says that she's mad because she thinks Bryce stole the ancient sword because she can't find the sword. And so, again, I'm like, are you just misplacing your grief and rage right now? Or is there something else going on with this sword? Or is there something else going on with her and Bryce that I don't know? Or is she scarred by some kind of trauma with the Fae where, like, now she hates... I don't know. This is when I started getting Mm. Dina's little, like, theory corner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This feels like something bigger is happening here, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, everybody's going to say that this was Philip Briggs. Okay, it definitely wasn't Philip Briggs. That would be too easy. (laughs) Was it somebody coming after Danica or coming after the sword? Or was it somebody coming after Bryce? Because there are things that we don't know that they don't know that maybe Sabine Mm -hmm. knows. Or 
what. But either way, it feels like we're getting hints that something else is going on here because this Mm -hmm. behavior feels a little bit out of pocket. Yes. Okay, great. I appreciate that you're both just looking at me and not giving (laughs) any confirmation one way or the other. And this is also just like (sighs) Sabine seems like kind of a bad person. So that's part of it, too. Okay, so that's what I couldn't figure out. Is she actually just this horrible person that she's being presented at? Or is there something bigger going on? Maybe both. Yeah. Okay. Victoria... A hot wraith and formal rebel goes down to question Bryce. We learn that she's, because she's a rebel, she's been stuck in this body. Apparently wraiths can jump from body to body the way people buy cars. So she's stuck in this body and that's part of her punishment. She also has a little crown of thorns. And she's like, she's like emotionally sensitive. <laughs> she's like, she's the closest thing to a therapist we see in this. She's like kind okay, of like interesting nice. you say that because I was horrified by her choices in this oh. scene. Whoops. Yeah, are you kidding? <laughs> the joke? Well, I was just seeing at one point she was described as saying something gently. <laughs> well, then, Dina, tell us what she does next. I'd be happy to. Number one, she pulls up all of Bryce's texts from the night before and starts reading them aloud to her. The sweet text with Connor, the sweet text with Danica, the videos that she sent to Danica of her dancing and being like, where are you, you little slut? And then... She's like, oh, we don't really have video footage of what happened in the apartment, but we do have audio. Let me play you the audio of your friends being brutally fucking murdered. Okay, yeah. What are you talking about, Will? I I think I just sort of didn't really track that part. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, Bryce did because poor Bryce is truly freaking the fuck out right now. And apparently she goes into this primal rage. I think they call it, quote, an eruption of primal wrath. And so she flips the table throws a chair at the wall so hard that it crumples and then vomits everywhere. Mm-hmm. Which the vomit could be, you know, the drugs coming out of her system, but she is fully She's fucking puking. losing it, as I think anybody would in this situation. Yeah. yeah. After she does that, she kind of curls up and rocks herself in silence. And Hunt, to give him some credit, is like, why the fuck is she doing this? Like, can we get her, like, make Victoria stop? And he goes up to her and, like, goes to try to help her. Yeah, he wades through the vomit. Yeah. Yeah. To comfort her. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like there's a lot of vomit. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> we can leave it there. He's like kneeling in the vomit. No. <laughs> yeah. We'll leave it there. We've already said too much. Sorry. <laughs> At this point, Isaiah gets a phone call. He gets an order to essentially let her the fuck go right now. Apparently, Rune fucking Dannon is livid that no one notified the House of Sky and Breath about her. Because she falls under Fey jurisdiction. Mm. This is again when I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, they've really overcomplicated things so that these people are in their little tiffs. Because right. Right. is this formally a House of Sky and Breath matter? Is it informally one? Either way, he's pissed. They let her go and she walks off. Mm-hmm. Then my favorite part of this chapter happens, which is this. Rune Dannon, This is the audio I've heard approximately 1,200 times. He bursts into the room, and this is when I learned that this is Shaved Head Man. Mm-hmm. This is him. And a lip ring. Oh, importantly, he also has a lip ring. Yeah. Very important. A key detail for me personally. So let's be clear about this. One side of his head is shaved, and then, but his, the rest, he has, like, long black hair that goes all the way down his back besides that. And so I want to kind of get you on the record. You... This is doing it for you. This man is damaged, okay? And it's doing it. It's it's working for me. Like, I am not going to be 
I'm not going to choose the nice, clean-cut, muscly man. I want him to have tats up his arms. I want him to have made some bad aesthetic choices. Babe, <laughs> I get it. I get that. I get I get that on a general level. I would make him cut his hair if I dated him. I'm, yeah, no, the, like, yeah. the thing <laughs> I'm taking issue with is the, down his whole back. Like, I can do this shave thing if it's a shorter, but I, for me, I'm not sure about the hair all the way down his back. Well, in my head, it's going to be in a man bun most of the time. Okay. Like a half a half man bun. See, I feel like what turned me off was the fact that he's the prince. Right. And a cop, by the way. Right. And a cop. It was just like, if you, were, <laughs> if you were just like a normal person, whatever. But this is so obviously teenager yeah. rebelling against their dad. Teenage 80 year old. Right. He's fae. like 80, 80 years old or something. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, man. He's like listening yeah. to like Good Charlotte and Simple Plan. Yeah. And it's just right. like, oh my God, my life's so hard in this mansion with all this money that I yeah. did exactly. for. <laughs> and we'll, we'll unpack that with him later. He's not unaware of that. So we will unpack that at a later date with him yeah no i think he's once i cut his hair he's the perfect man for me because he also has daddy issues and he has money and he has a very yeah, cool the sword. money yeah he's got yeah. you know a great sword and money i'm totally fine with the nepo baby if i'm gonna get a nice house out of it exactly and he's not one of the rich nepo baby boys who's wearing polos right yeah he's not like the other nepo babies yeah yeah anyway few other things we learned about him Yes, he is kind of this chosen one. He has this chosen one status. And he is the current possessor of the Star Sword. Star Sword. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I just going to say that. <laughs> we also learned that his magic is not fire like his family, right? He's the son of the Autumn King and their magic is all fire. But he has the powers from his mom's side of the family, which is like shadows. Mm -hmm. Also, maybe telepathy, TBD. And yeah, he's also a fucking cop, which like, yeah, it's like, does anybody cop. have any other jobs in this Truly, town? Like it's it's um, assassin, cop, top tier ballerina, art, art, art history, gallery, yeah. <laughs> yeah, art history assistant. Those are the, I mean, Bryce the clearly jobs. has like the best. Yeah, she, she like, does. At least Bryce isn't a cop, although. Yeah. Although she's so insecure about it. Yeah. I feel like we get that in the first part of the book where she's like, oh, my friend Juniper is a leading ballerina. Fury and Danica really famous get killing people. And what am I? I'm like a failure. I'm not achieving anything. I'm just your regular run of the mill socialite finding ancient artifacts. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> When Rune comes into the room, he and Hunt have a little bit of a dick measuring contest, which I get the sense that this happens between the Fae and the Angels a lot. Mm -hmm. Who's stronger, who's cooler, who's better. Well, and all male characters yes. in these books. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Which, by the way, to my point in a previous episode, Angels and Fae are both in the same house, yeah. so they, but they still have beef. So. Right. Go fucking figure. I don't know. Right. Everybody. It's good to assume that everybody has beef with everybody. Yeah. And it's like territorial and yeah. Yes. Dick measure. Yeah. Dick measure. It's just all that. Always. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Alpha holes, as they say. Yeah. Rune says that Bryce is his cousin. Because obviously Hunt's like, well, why why do you care about this random girl? And so Rune says that Bryce is his cousin, even though we know that Bryce is his half sister. So Rune's dad, Autumn King. Right. Because she's also a Nepo baby, it turns out. Correct, but she's not allowed to say who her dad is, and she hates him. And it's it doesn't appear like she gets the money that Rune gets. Right. 
Dina, you you did like Little Miss Blues Clues over here. You put it together. <laughs> Bryce's dad is the the Autumn King. Wait, don't they tell us that? Not super explicitly yet, but obviously, if you put it together, it's it's not that hard. But yeah, yeah. She's got a secretly powerful, apparently very shitty dad who we have not met yet. Mm-hmm. There's a really funny moment where Hunt and Rune are talking about how Bryce was doing drugs. And Hunt is like, why was she doing that? And Rune says, she does what she wants. She always has. There was enough bitterness there to suggest history, bad history. And this is a Hunt drawled, like, just how close are you two? <laughs> Just basically, I think also key to the genre, which is like everybody just thinks everybody's fucking all the time. And Rune's zest specifically. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Rune says straight up, if you're asking whether I'm fucking her, the answer asshole is no. She's family. And Hunt immediately makes a fey incest joke, which mm-hmm. fair. Yeah. Immediately, I'm like, okay, it's obvious that Hunt and Bryce are going to be a thing. And what is it going to be like at Thanksgiving and Christmas when these two have to sit across? from each other at the winter solstice at the winter solstice (laughs) festival we then get a short kind of interlude chapter of our dear deeply suffering bryce who is just reeling from the loss of her absolute best friend and an entire pack of other best friends and she goes to grieve danica on the shore of the bone quarter so i guess there are all these different quarters for all the different people with like the borough presidents as we discussed and so i guess Mm -hmm across the river is the bone quarter which is like the quarter of death which is where they send the bodies yeah it's on the other side of the river yeah. from the rest of the city and it's shrouded in fog yeah mist. very misty. you can't really see what's going on yeah and that's where like reapers are which i'm like damn y'all got grim reapers too shit and necromancers and all of that stuff they send the bodies there yeah so it's called the sailing okay and when somebody dies you put their body in a boat and push it across the river and if they're worthy they make it to the other side to the bone quarter but if they're not worthy the boat tips over and then all the little creatures in the river eat them <sighs> rough mm-hmm. well bryce doesn't even get to go to danica's sailing and see what happens because of course sabine as we know not a huge fan of bryce there's no way Bryce is invited. She's not allowed to go. So she kind of has to go to the bone quarter by herself to mourn. It's really sad, but a quite short chapter. And then we skip ahead nearly two years. Sorry, just real quick. Oh, yeah. Just because he'll be relevant later. I think the person who delivers the message on behalf of Sabine, but also himself, is Ethan. Yes. Is it it Ethan or Ethan? Ethan. I said Ethan. Ethan. Yeah. Just spelled chaotically. Who was Connor's younger brother. Right. And so he was still at college. So he wasn't he's right. kind of also informally part of the pack, but he wasn't there on pack night because he was with his football slash sunball friends. And, and so he is team. also alive. Obviously, he's a star sunball player and also really hot. Yeah, of course. And he was Bryce's best friend in the world besides Danica. Yep. Right. But clearly he's upset with her, too. And I, I think we'll get more of that later. OK, I was confused by that. I was like, why is his text kind of mean? It came out. I don't know if we do we know this. I don't know. Not yet, but it's fine. Okay. Her text messages from that night became public. (gasps) Sorry. I guess it is a spoiler. We find out at some point, but shortly we find out. I mean, it makes sense because they were basically being covered by page six all the time. Right. Right. So among other things, like he found out that she was like hooking up with someone in the club after she just said she'd go out with Connor and while Connor was like being murdered. Oh, which isn't her fault. No, no it's, it's not, not her, her fault. fault. But like, they hadn't they, even gone on one date yet. But still, Oof. it's not ideal. 
It's the classic thing where like, everyone has to feel guilty or make you feel guilty about things that it's absurd to feel guilty about. Well, right. Because it's not like she could have done anything. She didn't know he was being murdered at the time. Right. Oh, my God. My heart breaks for her. Ugh. Okay. Wow. Like now the thought of pretty mediocre group text getting out is horrifying. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they are going to get out, by the way. Quantum computing. Will shook me to my core because recently he brought up the fact that apparently with quantum computing, soon they're going to be able to access all of our iMessages and all of our stuff. So just know that. <laughs> OK, well, this is making me even happier that we skip ahead nearly two years because this is yes. a lot for me. And we definitely need a time jump right now, a little bit away from this heartbreak. Right. Yeah. Past like the deep depression into the sort of ongoing depression, more stable, mid functional depression. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Funny enough, two years later, when we meet Bryce, she is back at her favorite club, the White Raven, and she is coming out of, I think, the bathroom or something where she just had a little detente with a lion shifter. I don't think that's what that is means. That <laughs> that's oh, not damn. what that means. <laughs> What's the word that I'm thinking of? Um, I, I truly don't know. But dalliance? Dalliance. That is what I was thinking of. <laughs> detente is like, you know, like... Peace. <laughs> yeah, in war when you, like, put oh. your down or whatever. Like a truce. <laughs> yeah. The vocab in my head is not great. Okay. This was interesting to me because I'm like, how did she know... He was a lion shifter. And I feel like the options are, A, do all the shifter people kind of look like their animals the way people start to look like their pets? B, are they just shifting all the time? And so she saw him as a lion and then he became a man? Or C, do they smell them? I don't know. The smell could always be a factor. I sort of thought it was something like A. I also wondered this too, because there are a bunch of different shifters and they seem to be able to tell what shifter they are just based off of like their a human glance. form. Yeah. And, I, and, you know, when they talked about the wolves, it was like they could be preternaturally still or whatever. And so I wonder if you just kind of grew up in this world, you start figuring out how to clock people's I think you just kind of clock like, oh, that's a fucking lion shifter. Yeah. Like, look at also, that the dude. lion yeah. shifters seem fucking hot. Oh, so like for that sure. probably helped figure out who mm-hmm. it was. And I think they say the lions are kind of like the wolves in some places. So they're also like a very right, in other alpha cities. type of yeah. shifter. She has to leave him because she says she has a business meeting, which is so funny because it's 2 a.m. at a nightclub. And so the shifter immediately and she's sober. <laughs> and she's sober, but nobody knows that. The poor lion shifter assumes then that she is a sex worker and is like, oh, my God, I don't have money to pay you. And Bryce doesn't bother correcting him and just kind of laughs at it and says, consider it on the house. At some point, as Bryce is in this club, she looks over and sees a group of girls partying and celebrating, and it's clear that they're celebrating somebody's drop, capital D. And we learn a little bit about the drop here. Mm -hmm. Apparently, this is when people who grow up as veneer become immortal. So you're not born immortal. You kind of go through this process or ritual to become immortal. And it involves you basically going to a government center and tunneling down into your soul and then climbing back up again. And usually when you do this, you bring somebody with you who really cares about you so that they can be your tether back to the world because it's Mm -hmm. very scary and there's a chance you get lost down there and never come back and nobody knows what happens. Mm -hmm. And so ideally you bring someone with you who can help you kind of bungee cord back up. 
if you mm-hmm. can't bring somebody with you, there's a government contractor in like a shitty suit whose job it is to sit with you during your drop, which sounds so depressing. Yeah, but you know that like if this were the case in the United States, we would not have a public option. Wow. For your drop. Wow. Or you would, but they would be like public defenders and they would have like far too many cases. Well, and the other thing that's weird is immortality is sort of uh, like they're not literally immortal. They just live a very long time. A couple hundred right. years at right. least. And I guess yeah. like the different types of veneer live different lengths of time. Right. Different amounts of centuries. But yeah, you just you just like get your long life. You like freeze in how you look. This is kind of like when your powers. Your powers. Manifest. You like you like heal very quickly. I love when we learned that Danica and Bryce wanted to do their job yes. at 27 because they'd like done a lot of thinking about what is the ideal age at which to freeze your features. Which is funny. I think at, I think at 23, I would have said 27. Yeah. Now I think I would have said 32. Yeah. So your exact age minus one year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What would you do? You were really hot last year. I would do. I'm like kind of <laughs> I'm kind of baby face so i feel like i would do like a well yeah you're you're a male as well right so i would do a male you might want to be a little bit like yeah a little bit yeah like 37 older. maybe also when they make the drop as they say another thing that happens is they excrete or like issue <laughs> first light <laughs> yeah weird this really kind of creeped me out not the, yeah. mm-hmm. not the idea of the first light coming out you could kind of imagine when something like this happens there's almost an explosion of light i don't know we've seen this before kind of informally mm-hmm. but we've been getting hints about this government and kind of how weird and creepy it is but holy shit this freaked me out yeah so well, let's say what happens yes. which is that the government at that facility when you're doing it they basically capture most of the first light and that is what is used to power the city which i found so strange yeah <laughs> i was like like solar panels like i don't know they're yeah. like any but number of things they... one could do that's what the lights but that's I think what it, the light bulbs do the light bulb yeah. but yeah. isn't it it's also they i feel like they mentioned it powers spells yes, too maybe yeah it does do that and heals you. And straight up says other shady shit that the government is doing that nobody knows about. Right. Yeah. It's just like sort of universal, powerful source of energy. Bryce can't linger too long on watching Girls Party and thinking about the drop because she has a business meeting with Maximus Tertian, who is a vampire back in our element, back in our world with our vamp boys, Mm -hmm. except this guy is a certified creep. We learn that his hobbies include filling bathtubs with the blood of human maidens and bathing in their youth. (laughs) Yeah. Like, what about, can't you just play squash or take up knitting? Like, why do you have to bathe in people's blood? Vamp's gonna vamp. Yeah, vamp shit, you know. Vamp's gonna vamp. This man has had 200 years to come up with pickup lines for the ladies. (laughs) And for his first line to Bryce, he lands on, your employer might have a gallery full of art, but you are the true masterpiece. Ooh. Vomit. I also like how Bryce was like, his smile was so smooth. She knew 10,000 pairs of underwear had likely dropped at the sight of it over the oh centuries. <laughs> I miss that. 
That's <laughs> iconic. Good to know uh, that the consistencies of vampires being insanely hot carries over mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. this world, but she is not into it. They're having this meeting to finalize an art deal. And so they do this little swap of leather envelopes, you know, because it's like a serious, big, sneaky deal. Mm -hmm. And once they do that, our maxi boy does not get the hint and gets pretty aggressive and says, for what I paid your boss, I'd think some perks came with this deal. Mm. And then my boyfriend conveniently walks into the room. Rune walks in. She says there's this moment where, like, everybody at the bar realizes that an even bigger predator strolled in. And so, like, Mm. the dynamic in the whole bar shifts. BDE. He is fantasy BDE. Big sword energy. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Bryce obviously has to go say hi to her kind of estranged, kind of not brother, who is sitting there sipping his whiskey and just glaring at Maximus with the promise of death, Mm -hmm. as the boys are wont to do. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. We get a little bit more about Rune from Bryce's perspective. Again, the colorful tattoos, the earrings, blah, 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 the hair. And like she says, like, this is all to piss off their dad if it was not clear already. Right. She calls him a domineering dick and notes that it's been a few years since they've really spoken Something happened. We don't know what happened. They were really close. They were kind of like a united front against their shitty dad. But now they're not. Apparently he's there because Riso, the owner of the club, who's a butterfly shifter, which seems so fun. Amazing. Gay. Yeah, for sh- obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but still, again, we're getting some gay characters in the mix here, even if, you know, they're not explicitly. Off-screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're off screen and not explicitly. <laughs> yeah. So Riso, the club owner and butterfly shifter, had called Rune and said, hey, Bryce needs backup. She's with this guy who's getting handsy. And so he came to give her backup. But he also came to deliver a message from the Autumn King, a.k.a. both of their dads. Daddy. Apparently, there is some big summit, capital S, happening. And everyone needs to be chill and look good for the rulers. And so Autumn King Daddy told Rune to tell Bryce to lie low. Whatever that means. Whatever that means. Like, I don't know, like, don't (laughs) accidentally have all of your best friends murdered and then your texts go public. Mm -hmm. Right. Sure. Which I will say, it was kind of funny to me because as a former teacher, anytime somebody even more important was going to be coming into town or like coming into your classroom and you'd be like, okay, everybody really needs to behave now. Like the principal's coming into the class. You know what happens. The opposite of that happens and everybody. Yeah, you can't tell them that. You have to like try and psyop them and trick them. No, exactly. The foolishness comes out, the chaos comes out and I just... We know that that's going to happen here, and I am curious to see how. Yeah. But Rune also more sincerely tells Bryce to be on guard because apparently around these summits, shit gets really intense and people try to make their agendas known. These things, I don't know, they happen once every 10 years. It's like the G20 or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The G7. The numbers All the rulers come in. Yeah. They talk about things. I'm sure people get in petty fights over transportation policy, but also shit seems to go down. Yeah. Rune wants to walk Bryce home, but Bryce is kind of like, fuck you, big bro. And so he follows her. He's like a block away while she's walking home. And we learn that she now lives in a very swanky apartment that was apparently paid for by Danica and in her will. I think it's implied that Danica has this big swanky apartment and also put it in Bryce's name. So Bryce inherited it and has like all these fancy safety measures, whatever. That's good that she's in a nice safe apartment. Importantly, when she goes back to her apartment, 
Syrinx. Syrinx. Syrinx yeah. is there, who is a chimera. 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 Mm-hmm. An adorable little chimera, which I think is kind of like, it. to me, it's like puppy vibes, but it's lion face serpent tail. I don't know about a serpent tail. Oh, I thought it was kind of like alligatory tail. No? Oh, I don't think so. Uh, I thought so. I thought it's dragon adjacent. So I think it's mostly like a lion, but it acts like a dog. It mostly acts like a dog, but it's a lion. I didn't get the bit about the tail, but maybe I'm missing something. I think that's just from other fantasy things. We're pausing and Googling. Oh, yeah, I guess. I guess it seems unclear. Oh, I guess it's like it ha- the term has come to describe any mythical or fictional creature with parts taken from various animals. Here's Wikipedia. Usually depicted as a lion with the head of a goat protruding from its back well, and a tail that might end with a snake's head. I don't think that's the one we no, have. No, I have in Greek mythology a fire-breathing female monster with a lion's head, a goat's body, and a serpent's tail. Yeah, but that's not what this one is. That's not what this one is. This one's just a dog with a lion face. Yeah, it's like a wee little lion cat, but it acts like a dog. Wow, okay, this is when I'm gonna, this is one of those moments where I have to modify my little brain image because little Syrinx has had like an alligator tail, but I'll work on that. <laughs> oh, no, no, I don't think he has an alligator tail. I could be wrong, I don't think so, but he's just like, he's just like a really cute, and he has like a scrunched face. Yeah. He's kind of like a, like a pug yes, lion Yes, yes, that's what I was picturing so too. But he totally acts like a dog. And you can tell that SJM is a dog person. Shout out Fleetfoot. Yeah, I will say I immediately like Syrinx a little bit better than Fleetfoot. I didn't care about Syrinx when I first read this book. And then I became a dog person, unfortunately. Mm. Sorry to everybody. And now I love Syrinx. So. so we'll leave it here. Bryce is home safe. I wouldn't say she's thriving right now, but she is surviving She's not exactly healing from her trauma, but she is moving on in some way. And after everything she's been through, we'll take it. At least she has a sick apartment. At least she has a sick apartment. I think it's like Florida ceiling windows. I obviously don't think this, but at one point I was reading, I was like, I don't know. Was it worth it for the apartment? No. <laughs> Will! Too soon. He know. He He's just I'm too kidding soon, Will. Mostly. I know. I know. Kidding. Sick apartment. Yeah, and she no. owns it. She owns property. Oh, you're yeah. right. Homeownership. Imagine Damn. that. Mm-hmm. Honestly, and can't. no mortgage. That's one of the most fantastical aspects yeah. of the world. In the meantime, you know the deal. Send us your thoughts, questions, theories. If you pictured Syrinx in a different way, like I want to know how you pictured him, you can find us on email, faywatchpod at gmail.com. We're on Instagram. We're on TikTok. Come say hi. Give us a rating, five stars only. <laughs> I thought you were saying give us a ring. <laughs> I'll take a ring like, too, honestly. Oh, I meant like a call, but like don't call. Oh. Us. Don't call us. <laughs> don't. I won't answer the phone. All right. That's all for now. We'll see you guys Thanks. next time. See you next time. Bye.